0: And now, the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. This is B.C. Food & Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save-On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey.
1: Hello, British Columbia, from Fort St. John to Victoria and all the cities in between. We're back in the studio in Vancouver, uh, Casey, and it's Thanksgiving coming up all throughout, well, the next few days, depending on when you celebrate. Uh, biggest question I get asked is uh, getting that turkey out of the fridge. What time? How do I do it?
2: Oh, you've got to give yourself three days to thaw your turkey. Really important. And also remember, once it's thawed, it should sit out about two hours okay Before you dress are my
1: thawing it in the fridge or outside yes.
2: no never
1: thawed outside Tony. <laughs> i knew you were going to say that uh, okay well we'll talk a bit more about thanksgiving wines today uh, dan wright uh, the winemaker runsworth vineyard will join us from the Cowichan valley uh, along with elaine vickers she's at red rooster so we'll have a chat about her naramata bench wines Uh, Up in East Kelowna, we're going to do a biodynamics stop and have a little discussion about uh, organics and biodynamics, Casey, with Michael Alexander from Summerhill, a great place to eat. Who is
2: fresh as a daisy, he said.
1: Fresh as a (laughs) daisy. Uh, You can tell when you listen to these people how busy they are during harvest. Some are fresher than others, I can tell you that. Uh, Coming up next, though, from the Similkameen Valley, we'll speak with winemaker Michael Clark. All that and more on the B.C. Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson.
0: We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the B.C. Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods.
3: British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer.
0: Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offer collectors a safe and inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. Experts in the field with knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com.
4: Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result: wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio, here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Hello, I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm
4: Casey Wilson.
1: It's the Thanksgiving weekend uh, for many of us, well, for all of us. What am I saying, many, all of us, Casey? I guess my question is, are you cooking a turkey, or is someone cooking a turkey for you?
2: I always cook a turkey, Tony. Uh,
1: And are you serving at home, or are you taking it with you? No,
2: I'm taking it to my daughters.
1: Uh Ah, okay. How about you? I don't know what's going on. You know, I'll be coming back from the National Wine Awards. I hope there's a turkey somewhere in my future uh, this week, for sure. Uh, Okay. Our first guest today is Michael Clark, many of you know him as the winemaker at Clos de Soleil, he's in the middle of a harvest, uh, we were talking uh, briefly, he sounds pretty calm Michael, how are you?
5: I'm good, uh, I always like to take a break from harvest to talk to the two of you, but uh, harvest has been going well, so it's very busy.
1: Yeah, it's been a crazy year, Uh, you know, when you think about what's been going on, heat domes, there's been wildfires, Uh, the Similkameen is a wild, crazy, windy place, how would you describe uh, the grapes that you're seeing that are coming into the winery?
5: They're looking fantastic, and I have to tell you, it's a big relief to me, because I always feel like one of my jobs is to worry about what can go wrong, and you're right, this season, there are a lot of things potentially going wrong. Uh, but the reality is in the small community we've been very fortunate that heat dome we had was early enough in the season that it didn't have any adverse effect. And then despite all the fires in the province, we've had very little smoke in the small community valley this summer. So I'm really excited about the potential for this crop.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And, and you, uh, I don't know, maybe you could explain to listeners, you have uh, basically converted everything over to organic over time. Where are you at now in terms of all your properties and, and the organic uh, wine growing? Yes, so um,
5: three out of four of our properties are certified organic, and
1: uh,
5: the fourth one is going to be certified very shortly. It's a three-year process, so you just have to work through the three years. But to me, that's such an important process. It's fundamental to what we do. Uh, We do it for environmental reasons. It's the right thing for our health and for the planet, but I also really believe it makes better wine because we have healthier soils because of the Mm -hmm. organics.
1: What, and when you when you say you think it makes better wine, what what is it about organics or biodynamics or you know being not conventional that that comes into play?
5: Well, I I really see my goal as making wines that tell a story about the place where they were grown, and to be able to do that, we need uh, the fruit, the grapes themselves to have all the flavors that are expressive of that land where they were grown into. And then consequently, what that means is we need healthy vines that can take up minerals that are unique for that site. To have uh, the roots be able to do that, you need to have healthy soil, healthy microbial life in the soil. If you put chemicals, whether that's herbicides or fungicides down on the soil year after year, you end up killing all that life. And I believe that takes away from what I would call the terroir expression, that sense of
1: place in the wine. Right. Uh, our guest is Michael Clark. He's a winemaker, managing director at Clos Winery in the Similkameen Valley.
2: Mike, can we visit you during harvest time?
1: I would recommend it, in fact. Uh, you two are always welcome, of
5: course. But, uh, yes, um, it's a beautiful time in the valley. The temperatures are beautiful. Uh, there's lots of activity. And at Clos Soleil, we really pride ourselves on being Transparent in the sense that if uh, guests come and uh, uh, come for a tasting right now, they're welcome to walk around the back where our crush pad is, and we'll tell them what's going on, show them what we're doing. So it's a great time to visit. Uh,
1: and I want to ask you a bit about wine because uh, you know over the pandemic we've heard much about uh, uh, buying and selling and people supporting. And my uh, one of the things I take away is that a lot of wineries are sold out of many different wines. So if I'm at Clos de Soleil today. What can you recommend uh, for a red or white wine that's actually available that I can buy?
5: Yeah, so um, it's true, our, well, So Claude like Soleil, our wines have been popular and a few of them are sold out now, but we do have a good selection available online or in our tasting room for visitors who come here. Uh, one that is seeing around a little less and so is a great one to, to try at our tasting room is our Chardonnay. Uh, it's one, just the second vintage that we've made a Chardonnay. Uh, yeah. It comes from this beautiful upper bench block on a vineyard that we purchased a few years ago, and I'm I'm really excited about the future of this wine.
1: And and uh, celestial, is it still available? the The latest one, or how how is it only for club members? What's happening with that?
5: Yes, so um, it's you mentioned club members. Because our wines do sell out, being a member of our club is the one way to actually be able to guarantee access to some of our small wines. Uh, but Celestial, we do still have available. It's uh, one of our most popular wines. So uh, this is a, a Bordeaux blend that's available in a number of stores uh, across B.C., as well as in our tasting room. And, uh, um, yeah, we, we have enough for the next few months. But with all of our wines, you know, if, if people want them, it's best to well with hand.
2: And it seems like Clotus Soleil always hold on to the wines a little longer before they release them. and I'm very excited to taste the estate reserve the 2017
5: Yes um, yeah so I really believe in the ageability of our wines and, and many of the wines in BC. and so I'm always trying to uh, convince our customers to set a few aside and see how they evolve over time. But to help those customers, we do hold back um, our wines till we think that they're filling really well uh, before we release them to market. And so that estate reserve the 2017 uh, it has just been released. Um, it's a perfect example of where being a club member really helps because they got first access to that wine. There's a small amount that's going to be uh, available online through our online store as well as through some of the um, uh, higher-end retailers across the province, but it's very small, so if people are interested, they need to jump when they see it.
0: Yeah,
1: it's quite a good wine. Actually, I, was, I wasn't I was worried because 16 was such a fantastic vintage for me, but it looks like a lot of the 17s are showing uh, some of the similar characteristics to 16 in terms of quality and, and ageability, so I, I think it's a solid vintage as well.
5: Yeah, I I completely agree. To me, 16 and 17 were kind of twin vintages when I think about the, the quality of wine that came out. Uh,
1: Michael, we've been asking people this question. I'm, I'm interested to know what you would tell people, say, globally, if you're talking to people in Bordeaux or in Napa or, or perhaps in in uh, Australia in Adelaide. What would you tell them about the Similkameen Valley that maybe they don't know or they should know about this, this place?
5: Yeah, to me, the most striking thing is one of the things that visitors will see as soon as they drive into the valley, and it's how it's uh, really narrow, long and narrow, with these steep, steep mountainsides of sheer rock, and and rock that's tumbling off the mountainsides year after year, and then these high winds that whistle through. And all of those things I just mentioned, I, I really believe you can taste in the wine once you get to know the wines of this small commune, those rocky soils and that high wind, that, to me, screams, small to
2: And, Mike, give us some tips on wine pairings for Thanksgiving.
5: I guess it all, well, the nature of a pairing, I guess it all comes down to to what, um, what you're eating. You know, at the uh, start of this discussion, uh, both of you were talking about turkey for Thanksgiving, the obvious choice. To me, a, a Chardonnay can often pair well with um, uh, with turkey. I mentioned the Plautuslay Sardinay, and there are a number of wonderful BC Sardinays that I love too, beyond my own. Uh, to me, that's always a great pairing with um, uh, with turkey. It can have uh, a richness and sometimes a, a bit of spice to it that can that compare can really well. Uh, Capella is one of our flagship white wines at. It's a blend of Sauvignon Blanc and semio And to me, it's, among other things, it's a fantastic seafood wine. So for anybody who's having any sort of uh, local BC seafood with their Thanksgiving, that could yeah. be a really good pairing too. Well, that will be a lot of people.
2: I think you should open at least four bottles of wine at a Thanksgiving dinner. What do you think, Tony? <laughs> you and I think uh, alike. <laughs> yeah. Four different bottles, actually. Oh, yes, you have four some, different bottles. <laughs>
1: uh well listen michael thanks so much for giving us some of your time uh, uh during the harvest uh we miss being in the similkameen but uh i think i'll be back through there before the snow flies although it's already flying uh, a little bit higher up in the mountains but it's great to catch up with you and we really appreciate your thoughts on the similkameen today
5: well thank you i uh, look forward to seeing both of you
1: okay get some rest buddy uh, still a ways to go yet
5: yeah tell me about it <laughs> no, it's like forever uh,
1: yeah, that was Clos Michael Clark. He's the winemaker and uh, GM over at the property in the Smilkameen Valley. Lots more still to come on our uh, show today, and a shout-out to our listeners on our home base station at B&M Bloomberg 1410. Thanks for listening each Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Up next, winemaker Michael Alexander from Kelowna's Summerhill Pyramid Winery. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And you're listening to the BC Food
0: and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods.
4: The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com.
6: Whether it's in the tasting room or outside on the spacious rooftop patio with a gorgeous view of Okanagan Lake, the Therapy Vineyard tasting experience is one of a kind. The tasting room is open daily, reservations required for groups of six or more. Need a little long-distance therapy? Sign up for their fully customizable wine club with 15% off Therapy Wine, 20% off select rates at the inn, discounted shipping, and more. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com.
3: Gold, award-winning.
6: Discover Gold.
2: Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome everyone. Come explore our beautiful vineyard and reserve your unique and personal tasting of our exclusive small lot favorites. We can't wait to see you again and share our passion. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com.
4: There are so many ways to experience the wines of Black Hills Estate Winery in Oliver, B.C. this season. Whether it's a weekend getaway to wine country or some early holiday planning, check out all of our new releases. Wine Club members can enjoy exclusive benefits, including VIP wine experiences and access to member-only wines like our rare Carmenere with delivery to your door with temperature-controlled shipping year-round. For details and to book a seated wine experience, visit BlackHillsWinery.com.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Hey, welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm
2: Casey Wilson.
1: Uh, We're traveling to one of our favorite uh, spots to uh, taste wine, eat food, hang out uh, in the Kelowna area. Summerhill Pyramid Winery, and joining us now is uh, biodynamic winemaker Michael Alexander. Michael, how are you today?
7: I am very well, thank you. Thank you for having me today.
1: Uh, uh, My pleasure. You sound very uh, calm and cool and collected. Uh, Are you not into the throes of harvest, or do you just uh, try and keep it that way?
7: Uh, We're in. We're about uh, 20, 25% of the way through already, Um, so we're deep into it. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I've got a great crew this year. Um, I've been able to get a few hours of sleep every night, so uh, still fresh as a daisy. (laughs) (laughs) Great to hear. Not easy.
1: No, it's not. well, I know that w- we talk about it from time to time, but it's always good to reinforce it. You're working at, at an organic slash biodynamic winery. Can you, can you tell our listeners what that means in terms of the growing? And I don't know, is organic different than biodynamic, or is it the same when we talk about growing fruit?
7: Uh, for sure. So um, the organics is, is basically growing without any synthetic inputs. Um, so any sprays we use are things like Cumulus, which is a natural sulfur product, or... Um, bicarbonate, which is baking soda, baking powder. I always get those two mixed up. Um, so with the organic certification, all it means is that we're not using any synthetic inputs. Uh, with the biodynamic principle, though, it goes one step farther. Um, so we remove a few more of the sprays that we're allowed to add. Um, we add a few more uh, where we create different biodynamic preps, uh, introduce them to our soil, introduce them to our compost, um, and then we also work a little bit more with the uh, the lunar phases um, to make sure that we apply what we need to apply at the right times.
1: Mm. Um, it, and, oh, sorry. Well, it strikes me as a very calm place when I'm there, and I'm walking through the vineyard. And I would invite anybody to uh, stop by Summerhill and get to uh, walk outside around the property to really, to really take into what it's like to be on a biodynamic farm. And I use the word farm because it's more, more like a farm than a vineyard, I think, Michael.
7: For sure. We uh, we have a lot more than just uh, vines here. Um, so we've got a, a huge compost program that takes up a couple acres um, where we use all of the pumice uh, from previous harvests, all of the grass clippings, um, any leftovers from the bistro. So if you don't finish your meal, we add them to our compost program. Uh, we work with a couple local um, horse stables to get horse bedding. Uh, we've got chickens on site. We've got a 2-acre garden. We've got a 10-acre wildlife sanctuary. So. Um, There's always a lot to explore and a lot going on around here.
0: Yeah,
1: and a lot of bees. Our next guest is uh, not sorry. Our guest is Michael Alexander of uh, Summerhill Pyramid Estate Winery.
2: And Michael, I'm very curious about. You have a new label redesign, and it's a partnership with Robert Bateman.
7: We do. We're uh, we're really lucky that um, Robert Bateman is a a great friend of Summerhill. Uh, We've worked with him for a few years now. Um, We've got a grower, Ron Furman, um, who grows the fruit for our Spadefoot Toad series, uh, who's an ecologist who actually breeds Spadefoot Toads at his vineyard. Um, And so in partnership with him and with uh, the Robert Bateman Foundation, um, Ron Furman took a picture of a Spadefoot Toad that Mr. Bateman then painted that we've put onto the label, um, and 10% of the sales go to support Mr. Bateman's foundation. Um, so it's a beautiful partnership between us, our growers, and Mr. Bateman and his uh, his conservation work.
2: I can't believe that because when I grew up and we were down at our cottage, the boys used to put uh, toads down on our, our necks. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm going to get a label. I'm going to send my sister a a bottle of wine with that label. Oh
1: my goodness! Do people still do that, Casey?
2: <laughs> I'm sure I'm they not
1: do. Sure. Hey, Michael, you had a big win at uh, uh, the Muscat du Monde, so you won a gold medal for your Muscat. That's quite a recognition because that's a very strong uh, category globally when we talk about Muscat. What can you tell us about this wine and the win?
7: Um, yeah, It was all a state-grown biodynamic fruit, Um, so it came from our uh, property here on site. Uh, we brought the fruit in. We destemmed it. We soaked it overnight in the press, um, and then pressed it off and let Mother Nature do the ferment naturally. Um, it actually stopped where it wanted to, um, leaving a little bit of residual sugar. Uh, hmm. We we all knew it was something special. Um, I mean, we tasted through it. I always joke that our director of sales, Joey, drank half of it. Just <laughs> to make sure it was still okay. Um, wow. But uh, we sent it off. Um, knowing that we loved it, and uh, we were quite excited, quite surprised to find out that we were the uh, the only North American um, winner. Um, so we're very proud to say that it's uh, one of the top ten muscats in
1: the world. Well, that's fantastic. Now that wine is out in the market, it's been uh, been gobbled up mostly by consumers. But uh, you've just picked the the 2021. Is that correct? And how does that looking?
7: Uh, it's looking even prettier this year. Uh, it came in yesterday, um, and so it's. Uh, it was pressed off this morning after soaking in the press, and uh, I was excited about last year, and I think I'm even more excited about this year's fruit.
1: And will it be certified biodynamic, uh, th- this wine as well? It will, yes. Yeah. Sure. So I had one question about that. We, we know a bit about uh, biodynamic growing, but what about winemaking? Is there things that, that affect you when you make wine biodynamically?
0: There are. So
7: with um, organic winemaking, we're still able to inoculate with yeast. We're allowed to use organic nutrients. Um, when we create biodynamic wines, we kind of get rid of that toolbox um, and do all spontaneous ferments. Um, the type of vessel we're allowed to use, wood, stainless steel, concrete, um, are regulated. And so it really becomes a, a pure expression of, of the fruit because we're not introducing anything besides a little bit of bentonite, so it doesn't go hazy in bottle, and a little bit of sulfur as a preservative. But other than that, mm-hmm. it's just grapes and what Mother Nature provides.
2: And, Michael, does it cost more to do that, to do uh, organic or biodynamic?
7: Um, I think long-term it doesn't. It's a little bit more expensive at the beginning to get the, the program dialed in. Um, I think what we save on additives and yeast uh, we probably make up for in uh, extra labor costs um, just because we're checking things more frequently. Um, but regardless if it costs a few extra dollars, the... Uh, the product that comes out at the end is much more exciting and so it's uh, it's worth all the extra effort
2: and how much time does it take to move into uh, natural or biodynamic if you know you go to a vineyard and you decide we want to go biodynamic what are you looking at time wise uh, i
7: think on the quickest end of things it's about three years um, i think realistically you should probably budget for five to seven Um, Because along with creating the preps, um, it's about creating an ecosystem within your farm. And so figuring out your cover crops, figuring out your compost program, deciding if you're going to bring in um, animals um, or other crops. Um, So I think if someone's looking at converting, that five years uh, is a good amount of time to budget from start to certification.
1: Uh, well, you've had a great war- ride. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Sipes a little bit. Ezra, Gabriel, and, of course, Stephen, the founder of, uh, of uh, Summerhill Pyramid Winery. Well, what's it like working with that crew? Uh, what have you learned from the Sipes family about about life?
7: Uh, I think, I mean, it's great working with them. I've been here for 12 years now. Um, they've really become family, and this has become my home. Um I've learned how to to slow down um, and to enjoy the beauty that's around us. Um, you know, being an organic winery and a biodynamic winery, we often talk about Mother Nature. Um, and so they've really taught me to just take a deep breath and uh, to spend some time out in the dirt and, you know, bare feet on the ground and feel connected to, to where we are and what we're doing.
1: Well, Michael, it was a pleasure to talk to you today. I've never spoken to a winemaker more calm than you sound today in the middle of the harvest, so we wish you luck with the rest of uh, 2021, and I guess you'll be working uh, through until the end of October at least.
7: Uh, At least. uh, Hopefully we get a little break between uh, table wine and ice wine, but uh, until it's all in, we keep going strong.
1: Oh, yeah. Ice wine, for sure. Thanks so much, Michael.
7: Thank you very much. Have a great Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, great to chat with you. Folks, that was Michael Alexander. He's the winemaker at Summerhill Pyramid Estate Winery. And uh, Casey, we just released a a video on Summerhill at GizmondiOnWine.com. And it's a whole story, it's the whole story of biodynamics as told by Gabriel Sipes and Ezra Sipes. Really worth checking out, folks, over at GizmondiOnWine.com. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back.
0: There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods.
4: Experience award-winning wines and a pastoral view of the Oliver Valley from the covered patio at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 6. Why not book a black glass blind tasting to test your taste buds? For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club. Membership includes regular wine shipments, 15% off purchases, early access to new releases, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Don't forget, Miradoro Restaurant is also open daily for indoor and outdoor dining. Visit Tinhorn.com. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at carmen.com.
3: Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca.
4: Casual, modern dining. Exceptional Okanagan flavor. Introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the valley. 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you. Utilizing fresh, local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's lakeside patio with its unmatched views of Lake Osuyus is now open. Indoor dining available as well. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm
2: Casey Wilson.
1: You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest uh, takes us to the Naramata Bench. The winery is Red Rooster, and the winemaker is Elaine Vickers. Uh, Elaine, welcome to the show. Great to have you during harvest.
6: Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> I hope I hope we don't tire you out too much.
6: No, it's a nice break to yeah. keep to my office and uh, do a little talk with you guys while the madness is still going on around the outside.
1: Yeah. Well, people who don't know you probably don't know you have a master's degree in molecular biology, which is way above my uh, pay grade. Uh, uh, in fact, you started out uh, in cancer research. How did you end up in wine?
6: I really love the research and the science, but I wanted something a little bit more creative. And so for me, I discovered that the nice balance would be winemaking. Uh, yeah, went back to school, learned how to make yeah. some wine in Australia, and then came back here. And yeah, I love the scientific approach to the wines, but also the creativity you have in creating something every year.
1: Yeah, you've come out of the University of Adelaide. It's a highly accoladed uh, enology program there as well. So it's fun to see you in the Okanagan. I know you're up at Red Rooster now, Red Rooster owned by the Peller Group. So a lot of uh, things have happened uh, recently or in the last three or four years there at Red Rooster. How would you describe what's going on today or what, what some of the changes have been and where you're headed at Red Rooster?
6: Yes, lots of changes. Uh, we are rebranding here at Red Rooster. Brand new labels. Uh, the retail, the wine shop is getting a facelift as well. The building's been painted, and we are revisiting winemaking styles and trying to create some new, fun, bold wines for everybody.
1: Hmm. Uh, well, why don't we start with that? Uh, let's start with Chardonnay. Uh, you have a new Chardonnay coming out uh, Tell us a bit about why uh, you're going to focus on that variety.
6: Sure. We are doing a Chardonnay Surly. It's to be released, the 2020 vintage, in November. And I personally love Chardonnay. There's definitely very different many ways to make it. And we decided we were going to try and do a bit of some uh, yeast lees aging with our Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. So we're leaving it on the lees and getting some nice structure and mouthfeel from that. This 2020 vintage was 5 months on the lees. There's a little bit of oak in it, but not a lot. Um, mainly stainless steel.
1: And the lees, vintage, uh, I mean we, sorry. Yeah, could ahead. you explain the lees just a little bit to our listeners so where it comes from, uh, how it works in the in the barrel or, or the tank or whatever?
6: Mhm. So once the ferment is finished, the yeast will die, um, but they can stay suspended in the wine and they will break down and they will create some um, nice mouthfeel and structure characteristics in the wine. So as Mm -hmm. long as they are helping the wine and not um, imparting any off-flavors, then you can keep them around and it's a lovely technique to use.
2: And Elaine, you're moving to organic farming For the on-site varietals, how long will that take you?
6: So we are in the process of trying to um, become a little bit more sustainable, so organic farming um, on-site, and we have a couple years, I think, before we'll do it or get it fully that way. I'm not sure at this time whether we will end up applying for um, certification or not, but it's kind of happening all throughout Andrew Peller. We're moving a bit more towards uh, some organic farming which is really helping the fruit.
2: Well I'm very anxious to go up and visit you um, because of your charcuterie tasting for two.
6: Yes, yes. so in the wine shop if you come and visit us you can definitely try a flight of wine and uh, have a charcuterie plate and it's Joy Road Catering that we're getting those from, and they are delicious um, assortment of some meat and some cheeses, um, your own little package of crackers, so everything is COVID-friendly, and uh, some mustard seeds and, yeah, all sorts of nice little treats on there.
2: Well, it's really hard to beat Joy Road Catering. They do an amazing job in the Okanagan.
6: For sure.
1: Uh, okay, I I thought w- w- we'd continue on with some of these new releases that you're doing, one that I don't know much about, Pinot 3. Is that all three Pinots in one bottle or how? W- what is this wine all about?
6: Yeah, exactly correct. We have made uh, white wine using Pinot Blanc, Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris, trying to keep the blend pretty much even between the three varietals. The Pinot Noir is fermented as a white wine so we take the grapes in and we press them off the skins right away that gets fermented in a stainless tank and then the Pinot Gris and the Pinot Blanc come in together and they get co-fermented in our concrete tanks and then we blend the whole wine together put it back into concrete to age and uh, yeah then bottle it so it's coming
1: uh, out
6: October this year and it's quite delicious actually
1: okay and it's, uh, well, it's Thanksgiving this week. Is that the kind of wine you might recommend with turkey or? Ooh,
6: yes, for sure. That would be a great turkey wine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was thinking maybe it would cut through the, the fat or the, at least some of that f- big turkey flavor and uh, freshen the whole thing up.
6: For sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. and the fruitiness really comes out from the Pinot Noir, and then the concrete tank is also giving some structure and some mouthfeel to the wine
1: and we we also see I I'm encountering more and more I guess the, I mean the, the entire valley to me seems like it's being more more creative more inventive looking at all the ways that wine have been made over the over the centuries frankly and, and coming back to some of them and a lot of people are doing uh, small things with carbonic maceration and and you have something going on with that too
6: correct yes so Also in 2020, we did our carbonic uh, Malbec Merlot wine. So we took the Malbec grapes in whole cluster, put them into a tank, um, and they start ferment on their own. So they kind of ferment from the inside out, and when there's enough pressure, the grapes burst open. And we blended that with some Merlot, so we put some Merlot grapes on top of that Malbec. And uh, it's a fresh and fruity kind of fun. It'll be an early to market red, so the 2020... Carbonic Merlot Malbec will be out in October this year.
1: Hmm. Now, this this Malbec, is is it grown on your property?
6: That, from 2020 vintage, was not. It was from a Soyuz, but for the 2021 vintage, it will be.
1: Hmm. So I, I remember some plantings there. They must be getting on in age uh, uh, in Naramata. Kind of a cool place to to, uh, to grow grapes. Well, how would you describe the the situation of Naramata, say, versus a Soyuz or Kelowna or Similkameen?
6: Um, I am not a super expert on the rest of Naramata bench, other than our vineyard, Um, but I know that the soil types are different, climate's different, and there's a lot of good Pinot Noir grown in Chardonnay on the bench, for sure, Um, and it would be a bit cooler than a Soyuz and a little bit later ripening.
1: Hmm. Uh, Okay, Casey, go ahead.
2: You've talked about um, your contemporary new labels. Elaine, do you take part in choosing labels?
6: So we were involved um, a little bit for the labels as far as our opinions and um, what we liked. But um, our brand manager, Morna Cassidy, did a great job of polling a lot of consumers um, to get the best feedback of response to labels um, for choosing the final label.
2: Is there a wine region that you would like to visit uh, in any part of the world? What would it be?
6: Well, that's a great question. I, hmm. i have not been to germany yet and i have not yeah seen their wine region so that's probably the one that i would like to explore a little bit
1: good choice walking up the yeah. the hills of the mosel that would uh <laughs> get your attention pretty quick
6: i think so yeah uh
1: well it's been a a roller coaster year in in british columbia are you feeling good about uh, where you're at i mean we've had All these different things from heat domes and, uh, you know, wildfires, uh, drought, uh, now a bit of rain. Uh, Have you ever experienced a vintage like this?
6: Uh, No. I think it's safe to say no. This vintage has definitely been very interesting, uh, very educational. And it is, yeah, a bit of a crazy roller coaster. We start sparkling near the end of August, which is normal but we would normally have a break before we start some of our still whites and Mm. a break before the reds, and this year it seems to have just all gone into each other. So we're over halfway through harvest already.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, we wish you luck with the rest of Harvest, Elaine, and uh, hope that everything works out well at Red Rooster. And for listeners who haven't been by the winery, it's time for you to stop in the Naramata and check out Red Rooster Winery. Plenty of things going on there and uh, lots of new ideas and fresh ideas uh taking them forward thanks elaine for joining us today
6: thank you so much for having me great talking to you guys again
1: okay elaine Vickers, she's the winemaker at red rooster there's plenty more still to come up on the show up next is dan wright we'll be heading over to the cowichan valley and
0: unsworth vineyard to talk about chardonnay and pinot noir there's more to come this is the vc food and wine radio network presented in part by wines of british columbia at save on foods
3: British Columbia's wine-growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save-On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save-On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer.
4: Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission, offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as $399,000. Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. Red Rooster Winery invites you to visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass. Take in the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their cozy estate on the Naramata bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Malbec, a beautiful red that's the perfect accompaniment while you take in the views. Seated tastings are offered seven days a week, 11 to 5 this fall. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info.
0: You know you want it, so come and get it. The Modest Butcher invites you to Happy Hour
1: every
3: day from 2 to 4 p.m. On the menu, beers, cocktails, wine by the glass or half liter, and don't forget about the new appies. Also making a comeback?
1: Tommy and Tannen Tuesday. Get their tremendously-sized tomahawk steak with all the fixings and a bottle of their tomahawk-worthy vino for $180. For more details and to book, visit ModestButcher.com. Come and get it.
4: The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across B.C. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Hello, I'm Tony Gismondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson.
1: And our next guest is Dan Wright. He's the winemaker at Unsworth Vineyard in the Cowichan Valley, uh, one of our favorite places to visit on Vancouver Island. Uh, Dan, how are you today?
8: I'm doing very well. Great to be back with you, Tony
1: and Casey. Uh, It's always fun to talk to you, and I think, you know, the Cowichan doesn't get enough love uh, yet in the wine business. Let's start with that. Where is the Cowichan Valley? If people want to come and visit uh, the Cowichan, where would they find it?
8: Sure. We're um, just 45 minutes north of Victoria um, or 45 minutes to an hour south of Nanaimo, so you can take... uh, Either ferry across to Nanaimo or, or, Victor, or to Watson and, and drive through Victoria. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can fly over. I don't know where you're coming from. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: flying is always a good way to go. Uh, if you were to describe the Unsworth lineup to people or the story in, in terms of the wine styles and grapes in the ground, how, how would you describe your winery today?
8: Uh, yeah, so it was um, started in 2009. and you know, when they got started, the, the Turk family started the winery, um, the, the area is still a up and coming region. I mean, still is. And, you know, we didn't know exactly what to plant. So there's quite a wide variety of varieties that we've planted. Uh, the Unsworth Vineyard is about uh, nine different varieties on 11 acres. Um, so wow. we have a, a number of Hybrids, um, white and red, and uh, there is an acre of Marshall Foch that was planted by the previous owner of the property, who didn't have like a commercial winery or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you know we've got Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir, which are um, mainstays on the island.
2: What makes it such a special place to grow grapes in the Cowichan Valley?
8: Uh, really, it's got to be the the cool climates. Uh, we've got this. You know, nice little rain shadow uh, from the, the mountains uh, on, on Vancouver Island that protects us uh, from some of the coastal rains um, that Tofino gets hit with. And we've got this, um, so it's a dry summer um, from June, mid-June to, to end of August. We get very little rain and uh but then it's a beautiful cool growing season moderated by the ocean um all summer long so you know with the exception of this year we we rarely get over you know a few few days over 30 degrees is normal but uh you know of course with the heat dome that was that was a different story this year uh
1: well you mentioned the heat dome but we i'm feeling like you're just getting going in the harvest so so Vancouver Island is a cool climate. what why are you behind, or am I just uh, out of touch with the way with the timing over there? Well, actually, I'd say we're we're ahead
8: of normal. Um, uh, normally, our peak harvest, I would say, is around Canadian Thanksgiving, maybe actually a little bit after. Um, and we're we're getting we're just getting going now, but we're getting into sparkling varieties um, and some uh, some other. Uh, hybrid whites that I mentioned there. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's still a couple weeks earlier than usual for us even though that is a couple weeks behind many other famous regions in the world.
1: Yeah uh, well you, you've been mentioning the the whites and the odd varieties. maybe we'll, I want to run through a couple quickly because sure. t- one of the wines that I really love is the Sauvignette which people think is Sauvignon Blanc but it's not. it's Sauvignette. What can you tell us about Sauvignette?
8: Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a uh, white variety. It is related genetically to Sauvignon Blanc um, and uh, also has some parentage from wild uh, Asian varieties um, and uh, North American riparia. And the, the the cross is actually unknown. It's it's bred by a Swiss breeder, Valentin Blattner, um and he kind of keeps his, his breeding a little bit secretive. So that's why I can only be a bit fuzzy <laughs> with uh, the exact parentage. But it tastes like um, it has some of those grassy characters like Sauvignon Blanc. We tend to do it in a barrel fermented style. Uh, that's that's the, the yep. uh, one we label as varietal Sauvignette. And it's um, so, but it has this high acid um, and, um, and thick skin, upright growth, um, beautiful open cluster. So it's uh, disease resistant as well as easy to grow, and um, and and gives us this uh, kind of like in between a riesling and sauvignon blanc, maybe almost chenin ish yeah. sometimes.
1: Yeah, lovely wine. And petit milo is another one, uh, a little bit different in style.
8: Yeah, petit milo is. Um, Uh, also related. It's, it's a sister variety of, of Sauvignette. Um, So also in that family, I I do think of it um, actually a little bit like, again, Riesling and and Sauvignon Sauvignon Blanc. I don't want to say the same thing again, but the berries are really small. It almost turns pinky, um, almost like Pinot Gris when it's ripe and um, little clusters as well. This is why it's called Petite. Um, And it's, uh, you know, on a riper site, we've got it growing on a couple different sites. On a riper, warmer site, it, it gives you some of those tropical characteristics, like a Hawke's Bay Sauvignon Blanc. And on a cooler site, it gives you a lot of those grassy tones, like uh, Marlborough Sauvignon
1: Blanc. Uh, our guest is winemaker uh, Dan Wright. We're talking to him about Hunsworth uh, Vineyards. Uh, Dan, the winery was 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 purchased uh, just before COVID by by Julia and Barbara Banky of the Jackson family, uh, I guess it hasn't been easy for them to get up, and for you guys to cross paths yet.
8: <laughs> no, actually, uh, that's, well, that's right. But they—they uh, they were. Uh, Barbara was able to visit uh, just a few weeks ago, and towards the end of August, um, Julia hasn't been able to to get up uh, yet but uh, she Barbara was able to get up and visit and see the new site we're working on, so that's good, and she uh, got pretty excited about it. So I think uh, things are, are moving along.
2: And Dan, how difficult has it been finding labor for harvest?
8: Yeah, I don't want to come across as bragging or anything because I know it's really challenging out there, but I also just want to be uh, thankful for for the people that we do have because uh, we've been really lucky. Um, we have this. Uh, kind of loyal uh, picking crew that um, one of our, our vineyard hand Jade has established for us here and uh, they come back each year and um, have, have good time doing that, which is uh, great. And then I've got, you know, two uh, interns uh, this year, both Canadian, which is, is great. Um, one from Alberta, one from B.C., One's worked around uh, the Okanagan quite a bit and a little international as well. So, yeah, thankful to have some really good experience, ex- experienced people.
2: So many of pickers come from Quebec. Is it still the same during yeah. COVID?
8: Um, somewhat, I think not less. So uh, right now, you know, less people traveling, less people doing that. I'm sure we will have a few, but um Ours are actually relatively local, um, Gulf Islands uh, and and just around uh, Vancouver Island, so it's it's kind of unusual I think um, for for most places. But we're still relatively small, you know. We get a group of ten to fifteen, you know. Maybe after a while, a few drop out, but um, that's that that's okay for us.
1: Dan, uh, you have a fantastic restaurant at Unsworth. The people who are on the island, that is a place to stop and uh, have lunch or dinner uh, whenever you can uh, get in. But you're do- you're doing something really cool called a community supported restaurant or CSR, and you're offering a membership, which is essentially a $260 membership. Casey, you get four. Three course meals, that uh, including taxes and gratuities, and you can uh, eat there throughout the winter time, through October through until the spring.
2: Wow! I wish I lived on the island.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's um,
8: something they've been doing for a few years, and uh, I think it's a really clever idea. Um, it, you know, we are a seasonal area in the Cowichan, um, not located near a big city, um, and so you know it, things drop off in the winter, but. Yeah, to entice locals to support us. Um, and we're very grateful for that. And um, I think, yeah, you can use it like uh, a couple can use it um, for, you know, you can use it
1: for two two dinners yeah. or however you like to use it. So
3: sure. uh,
8: I think it's a pretty good deal myself. So, yeah,
1: check it out. Yeah, I'd say it's a really good deal, to, uh, about 65 bucks a head, including tax and gratuity, for a three-course meal in a fabulous restaurant. Uh, you can't do that in Vancouver, I can tell you that. Uh, Dan, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, I think, will be, uh, will be the story in the future at Unsworth. Uh, two sensational wines already. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the 19s that I've been looking at. Uh, what can you tell us about Chardonnay? I guess you've got new stuff going in the ground as well that's
8: right yeah um uh yeah fully agree with you and uh we've got some some new clones being planted in uh the spring so we got some 95 and some 96 and um those you know those are a few years out so right now we're we're getting fruit from uh Cowichan Valley vineyard uh called the Mildenstein's vineyard which is uh Coming along, it's being restored after um, a few years of of lame uh, fallow. Yeah, Dan, can yeah. you
2: give us a couple of choices for turkey for Thanksgiving?
8: <laughs> a couple of choices of wines. Okay, yes. yeah. So, um, uh, well, I know that we are going to be releasing around Thanksgiving. I don't know if we have an official release date. Keep your eyes peeled um, for two wines that will be like wine club releases. Uh, small batches, both around 100 cases. Um, one is the 2020 Oxerwa okay, and yes. one is the 2020 Gamay Pinot Noir. Now, this Gamay Pinot Noir is uh, 100% Couch and Valley. It's it's light. It's crisp. It would be great with turkey. Um, again, these are limited wines, though. So if you can't find either of those, I would definitely go for our 2019 Pinot Noir, which is out now.
1: Yeah. I second that. I second that it would be so, so good with turkey. Uh, well, Dan, great to catch up with you. I know that you've got plenty of work ahead of you. Do you, do you camp out at the winery during the <laughs> harvest? Or?
8: Yeah, I'm pretty much here all the time. So, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's go time. You know. you know, 12, 14 hour days are not unusual and um, just just got to do what you got to do. Right. Get it done.
1: Yeah. Well, we hope for the best with the weather in the next uh, two or three weeks. It can be iffy, but it's always great if it stays warm and dry.
8: Absolutely. Fingers crossed.
1: Okay. Thanks so much, Dan. We'll catch up with you soon. Good luck. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Uh, Dan Wright, he is the winemaker at Unsworth. Uh, Casey, that's it for today's show. Uh, just a couple of questions for you quickly. Are you uh, making uh, the stuffing?
2: Absolutely. And it's the best it, part.
1: Is it a traditional kind of stuffing? It's, or what? Yes,
2: and it's very simple. Um, I don't put any ground meat in it. It's strictly a bread stuffing. Bread you know, and with onions. Onions, and a few... I add a bit of orange juice to it. Yeah. Lots of butter.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I'll be doing a lot of stuffing tasting. That's what I'll yes, be doing over I'll the bet Thanksgiving. Yes, i you will. I love that stuff. Okay, uh, special thanks to our in-studio uh, producer, Darren Regan, uh, who has only recently joined us in learning the ins and outs of uh, the nutty people here at uh, BC Food & Wine Radio. We thank you for your patience, Darren, and uh, for the rest of you out there, have a fantastic, happy Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm
2: Casey Wilson.
1: And you've been listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. See you next week.
0: That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.